Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 219 of the podcast that was originally recorded on January 30th of 2019. This week, I have a great interview with Rick Ankney. He is from Game Trade Media, and he has an upcoming Kickstarter starting in a couple of weeks. So we're going to talk board games, role-playing games, and everything else with him, including his upcoming Kickstarter. So sit back and enjoy the episode. Thanks for joining us. gamers welcome to games this is joe from what i'm playing now and we have another interview for you this week i have rick ankney with me from game trade media we're going to be talking to him about several different things what he does over there at game trade media and a few things he has coming up here shortly in a couple of weeks on kickstarter so rick how are you doing this evening doing great thanks for having me i appreciate it no problem. It was really nice meeting you last um, year at Origins. I don't even know if you remember us. We I ate do. burgers and stuff together. <laughs> On, we, what was it, like $2 burger night or something? I think it was. That was. <laughs> we, we need to do another one of those get-togethers this year at Origins, because one, the, the burgers were damn good for two bucks. Right. They were. <laughs> and it was it was good meeting a bunch of other people that, were, that do content creation. Yeah. Um, you know, you definitely do this full time for your job over there at Game Trade Media. Um, you kind of have what I would say my dream job would be <laughs> <laughs> getting to paint figures, play games and do that all for your day job. It's not a is, bad gig. It's, I would say, no, it's not. It's a little different than what I do um, in my office on a day to day basis. <laughs> But um, how long have you been with them? All right. So Game Trade Media is part of the, um, as, as many people know, part of like Alliance Game Distributors. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alliance Game Distributors is under Diamond Comic Distributors. And I've been with them now almost five years. Oh, nice. Um, but Game Trade Media has only been around for two years. Okay. Uh, we started it in January two years ago um, because we, you know, saw a need, fill a need. Uh, at the company, we are already doing video content for the comic book side, which I still do over there as well. Um, but my heart lies in gaming and I was like, why aren't we doing more for Alliance? And, uh, (laughs) they're like, well, let's see what you can do. And here we are. (laughs) Well, it it definitely seems like it's taken off. Um, because I know as I'm always flipping through Facebooks, I'm sitting there and I'm usually stopping to watch you usually paint a figure or do an interview like what we're doing right now with somebody. So you guys do some pretty cool work over there. Thank you. Um, so if you've been with them for five years, GTM's only been around for two. What were you kind of doing before? Were you doing videos maybe just for on the comic book side then? Or? Yeah. yeah, we were strictly doing – so it's all uh, – the department I work for, the uh, um, video media marketing department basically for Dynamics uh-huh. is called Comic Wow. And it originally started as just a – project to kind of like uh put some positive uh video content on the interwebs about you know the comic book industry like what's new uh we had a show called comics on tv where we would review all the different cw shows and gotham and walking dead and all that stuff so we did that for about about three years and we still do that on the comic book side um 
with some different changes, we have uh, Previews World, which is the big catalog you can get at your comic book store. So we yep. do a show called Previews World Weekly, where we announce what's going on in the industry news-wise, what's going on, uh, like what's available this week at your local comic book store in both comics and toys and collectibles. And um, yeah, so we, we have a, a bunch of different content that we create on that side. So that's what I was doing up until uh, Game Trade Media kind of launched in January two years ago. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I remember back in the mid 90s when I worked at a comic book store, um, I used to do enter in all of the orders for people's from the previews books into the computer so we could order all this stuff. That's, I used to go cross site enter all that crap in. I have no doubt. <laughs> that was fun times, though. That was that was fun times. Totally different time than now um, down at the friendly local game store, because back then it was all comics. Yeah. Um, it was pretty much comics and Magic the Gathering pretty much you know on games workshop you know there really wasn't much you know back around 94 95 that was around other than those things so right uh, i agree i walk into the same store now and it's like the the walls that used to be adorned with comics are now just completely filled with board games <laughs> what a beautiful uh change of uh weather right <laughs> it's it's definitely a crazy crazy industry <laughs> i agree so Obviously, you like gaming because you went to them and you said, "Hey, let's start this whole gaming thing." Right. What are what do you got? What are some of your what are some of your early memories of gaming? When did you start? You know, how young were you when you started gaming? Did you start role playing? Did you start early board gaming? Mm-hmm. What's what's some of your history with that? Okay, so um, when I was real little uh, in the seventies, my grandparents every Sunday the family you know all of their uh, kids and their and their kids kids had to come to grandma and grandpa's house mm-hmm. and when we would do that it we'd always play you know monopoly life store um uh, sorry yep um, um shoot what was the other one uh I can't even remember all of them but there, you know we had a board games were a, a staple then and then um my cousin Troy, around my tenth birthday, introduced me to Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, and that's where my real love kind of, kind of, kind of sparked for the tabletop uh, environment. Um, and then with the new, like you said, back in the early '90s, there, you wouldn't see more than Magic, Warhammer, and D and D at a at a store. Yep. But today you have this huge plethora of, of material that you can delve into. And I'll tell you the truth: what got me back into like actual board games was Catan. Oh wow! Okay. So, so what were what were some of the early systems you played? Because I mean, I played. I started probably playing D and D when I was maybe about twelve. Yeah. And the way I picked it up. We were walking through the mall. I walked into um, the one bookstore. Walden's? Yes, Walden's. <laughs> and I saw I saw the red box there. Yep. And I looked at my mom. I was like, I kind of want to play this game. It looks neat. And my mom didn't know what the hell it was. She goes, go ahead, just get it and shut up because I don't want to hear you anymore. <laughs> so I picked it up, sat there, read through the book, tried to learn how to play. No idea what I'm doing. For like my birthday, I had a bunch of kids over from school and I tried to teach them how to roll up characters and take it through a dungeon. Didn't nice. know what I was doing. <clears throat> Perfect. And you did it right. <laughs> and, and and you know what? After that, every weekend we were playing D&D for the next several years at somebody's house. I love it. <laughs> I mean, that's how that's kind of how it was with me. My cousin Troy is a few years older than me. Him and his buddies were playing. They, they're like, we need another player, Rick. Why don't you come over and play? Uh, and they, they, they were the worst to me, uh, you know, in that 
time frame. They'd beat me up all the time, but that's what it was, you know, in the early, early eighties. And, uh, so I sat down and started playing my, my very first character, Orion Froust, uh, a ranger. And, uh, we were playing G one, two and three against the giants. And, uh, yeah, it was so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Where, where I really started getting into, role-playing and really sinking my teeth into it was there was actually a local hobby store um where i live the clearview hobby shop here um i live in ohio i'm about 30 minutes west of cleveland nice and they would my parents would drop me off there um when they would open and in the basement they would just let us come in and they had tables set up and let you play all day for free wow um so you know that's where i would go literally every saturday and sunday to go down and play D and then you were you know back then it was D D at, at first but then other systems started coming out. You know, Champions came out. Traveler right. came out. And you really started, you know, people started bringing in other games and they're teaching you how to play different things. And, you know, then we, I mean, we played Champions like crazy back then for a while. Because it was awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was. It was. I remember my first character that I had made for that. And Traveler was a really unique system, too. I really liked Traveler. It was a little bit more advanced, I think, sure. than your basic D&D and, you know, like the Champions, um, especially with the ships and everything. It definitely added a whole different kind of like tilt to you know the role playing but um still a lot of fun and there were there were so many systems back then did you just strictly play D D all the time or did you actually no. play everything uh when i <laughs> yeah. so much like what you're saying was you know when i got to my first like true games or hobby shop mm-hmm. um <clears throat> I, I probably was 16 by this okay. time um and uh, it was a, a store in Davison, Michigan called The Red Dragon. And we'd go there, I'd play D&D, and then they're like, hey, would you like to try this game? Yeah, what is it? It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'll play that. <laughs> um, I'll play uh, GURPS. I started playing, uh, there was a game called Justifiers, uh, where you played these like anapomorphic um uh, betas where you were basically genetically engineered to be spacefaring uh, characters that would go out and find resources or do jobs to basically pay off your debt to your creator to become mm-hmm. a free agent. Um, I died in the very first session. <laughs> but I loved it. And I, I kept playing it for a while. And, uh, I, you know, Rollmaster, anything by Palladium. Um, I played... So much. I think I played Rollmaster. Which was the one that Iron Crown did? Was that Rollmaster? I can't remember. <laughs> I, th- I think it might have been Roll. Because there, I remember when I was in college, I would go um, down to the one um, University Hall on the weekends. And they played, I think it was Rollmaster. They played that one for a while. And that one I really liked. Nice. I like that one. I really hadn't done much role-playing after college until a few years ago when I got into Pathfinder a little bit. Yeah, Down at the local game store, I played Pathfinder some. It's it's a great game. Paizo has done a very good job with it. I'm looking forward to their second edition. See how that's going to turn out. I mean, I've I've done some of the playtest stuff, and I enjoy it. It's scary, but (laughs) (laughs) there's aspects of it that are really uh, scary, like magic items or beast mode. So That sounds cool. I haven't looked too much at the second one, and then – I ran down at the local game store that I go to. I ran down there for ran for about three years. Um, the Pathfinder Adventure card game. Oh, you love that too. That's so good. So yeah, yeah, we we played that when I had a group. Um, I had actually a couple of groups playing that. Um, like every other Sunday for about three years, we went through about three of the different box sets. 
Um, so we had a good, good time with that night. I tried to switch over to Arkham Horror a little while ago mm-hmm. and just couldn't get the traction around here. There were a few people that were playing it, but I just couldn't get get the people to come out to the store and play it. So no, that's too bad. I was, I was a little bummed about that. But yeah, that's a fun game too. Me and my buddy have actually been talking about starting up um, from the beginning and starting up a scenario through that one because I would like to go through everything because I've only played the first couple of sets for that one. Okay. Yeah, it's worth. It's definitely worth. It's a fun game. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's a lot more I need to buy for that. So <laughs> there's a lot. I just don't want to tell that to my wife right now. <laughs> Perfect. So you do role playing board games. You also paint miniatures. When did you get into painting and stuff like that? Because you guys sit there and paint on your videos and everything. And I'm like, that's he gets to do interviews. He gets to sit there and paint. I'm like, that's <laughs> I need to sign up for this shit. <laughs> Um, so that's a funny story because that's kind of where Game Trade Media launched um, was with the miniature painting. I was in my office on lunch and I was just like, I want to do something. I thought I'd broadcast it. Why not? And so I was using my cell phone in my in my office and I was like, I'm going to paint some miniatures here um, because I really enjoy painting miniatures on this anyways. And mm-hmm. I first started painting them in like 87, 88. Um, but when I joined the military, it kind of like. Um, I wasn't able to paint as much or as often, uh, you know, at yeah. going on deployments and, uh, you know, traveling all over the place. But, uh, it's always been one of those things that when he, when I was able to sit down and do it, calms my mind. I have a, I have a good job of like, uh, painting when I'm complete. I, I feel like, Oh, I've completed this. This is beautiful. It may not be great. I'm not a big favorite. <laughs> my co-host, that guy is sick. He's super talented. I'm, I'm super happy to have him on my team. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I was in my office. My boss was <laughs> watching his, in, uh, in his office, and he's like, you got, like, 3,000 people watching you paint right now. <laughs> I was like, okay. And he's like, uh, you know, we have a studio right across from your office where we could, you know, where we're supposed to do this kind of stuff. <laughs> I, didn't want to admit, I didn't want to assume. <laughs> right, right, right. And that's how that all started. And then, you know, because uh, up to that point, we were basically called Comic Wow. And all the game interviews I was doing was under the Comic Wow thing. And I was like, right. Nobody's going to go to Comic Wow to find game information. We have Game Trade Magazine. Mm-hmm. Let's Game Trade Media. Why not? Yeah. And that's where it was born. So much hey, fun. It's, it, you know what? It makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> So, what are you currently working on? Okay, so besides just work, um, (laughs) (laughs) my big project that I'm working on right now is a a book I'm putting together called Tome of Heroes. Okay. Um, It's a throw, kind of a throwback to the old Hall of Heroes that uh, TSR did in like 1988-89, where they showed all of the stats and backgrounds for all the Forgotten Realms iconic characters. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So what I've done is I'm taking all of the characters I've created, not all, but a hundred, around a hundred of my favorite ones I've created. Oh, wow. (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) And I'm getting like really cool art done for each character and putting it in a book because I want to basically immortalize all these characters that have given me so much joy in life, you know, Um, and hopefully others will appreciate that and want to maybe use them in their game and have fun with them as well. That is awesome. Yeah. So you so you're doing a Kickstarter, I believe you said, and I believe you're going to start February fifteenth. I think you Correct. said. Absolutely. So, as a stretch rule, are you going to allow people to submit one of their characters? Not for the first book. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I 
no, though I appreciate that, <laughs> and what I because and because I do have a little bit of an insider ability to get stuff made. Right. Like last last year, I got I had a book published with uh, Carrie Wood, who is my a coworker of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a book called The Overstreet Guide to Collecting Tabletop Games, and um, so that was kind of cool. And when I we did that, I was like, man, I'd like to do this and. Uh, I just like it to be my characters in the first mm-hmm. book, just to be as just to say, I loved you guys. You've brought me great joy throughout my life, and I want to make sure that others can have an opportunity to play with my characters. I'm also doing a book later next year, probably on just all the villains I've ever thrown at people. <laughs> That's awesome! Villains oh man, that would be a hell of a supplement. Yeah, yeah. And then the third book will be NPCs and organizations of of my realm that I, you know, my homebrew realm that I've created. Okay. And uh, that'll be again maybe two years down the road, and uh, maybe I think for that one I might still let people you know jump in on that one because I think that would also be fun. But I, I think everybody that's played, they, everybody has a ton of characters that they've played throughout the years. They may not have them all on paper anymore, but they remember the ones that were like really memorable to them. And with Kickstarter and you know self publishing potential out there. I think everybody should just do it. <laughs> so, so let's just say that um, for my favorite D&D character that I had started down at that local game store, probably when I was like 12 or 13, yeah. um, I have a domain name for that um, character out there on a website. That is, see? That's <laughs> so what I'm talking about. I use the name almost like a nickname. So <laughs> I can dig it. I mean, it's... I go by Thunderforge on a lot of like uh, chats, things, uh, Skype, or not Skype, but. Um, like uh, Discord and other yeah. other things, I'm I go by Thunderforge, and that's one of my characters in the book is Mace Thunderforge. Yeah, so my character name was AVR Amadar, and nice. I have that URL, and I use that for emails for um, pretty much everything. I mean, on BGG, I'm AVR. Okay, I mean, so it's... makes sense. <laughs> I mean, we all get that attachment. The you know, it, it, with my Kickstarter, uh, I had a, a comic book artist do one of my covers. Um, uh, his name is Michael Met- Metlin. He mm-hmm. is doing um, a, a cover with Orion on it, and it looks ridiculously good. And I also have another very famous comic book artist. One of the bon- be- uh, benefits of working in the comic book. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I know all these guys. and uh, You have a little inside track there. <laughs> I do. And it's, it's, it's nice to have them. And, but I'm not going to announce who that is until the Kickstarter, um, who's doing cool. another alternate cover for the book. Um, but he's he actually just launched a Kickstarter at 7 p.m. tonight himself. So, so okay, hint, hint. If somebody wants to go out there and figure this out, hint, can you do that? Yeah, <laughs> very iconic. Has a, a a character that every comic book fan probably knows is one of his creator own characters. Everybody knows it. So, but but it's it's funny when you say you know we we do become attached to these characters. I mean there were there were characters that you know my brothers and I still talk about to this day and my you know my good friends that you know we used to play D&D with you know we still talk about oh I remember this character I remember that character yeah. you know and I can remember when you know the times we were playing it like okay we were playing you know this night on my parents porch and this is what this is what happened in that particular adventure and stuff like that and it's it's crazy the way that stuff does stick with you you know yeah. 20 30 years later it is it's I, I feel like it's like you know, when you watch Conan the Barbarian for the first time or the 50th time, 
that. You know, there's going to be scenes. It's like with any movie. There's scenes in it that you're just like, oh, I really, that scene was awesome. And you guys and your friends will always talk about it. Um, and I feel like every time you sit down and play a game of D&D, that somebody in that group is going to have an amazing experience, if not everybody. And the, there's going to be something in that adventure, that scenario that they're going to latch onto and want to continually remember. Mm-hmm. Um, like at PAX Unplugged this past year, I ran a game, uh, just a one sh- a one shot D and D game. I had some some of my friends uh, from you know Daniel Zayas. I don't know if you're you know he played in it. Ross Thompson, mm-hmm. um, James Hudson from Skybound. Yep. So we all sat down and I ran them through a game. Uh, Bebo was one of the players. Okay. Which was hilarious and that she was great, and they all have since then continually said, oh, I, oh, that was such a fun game. This was so much fun when this happened. And I think that's why I want to do this book because I have those memories with every character that's going to be in it, you yeah. know? So, and I, again, I want people to read those backgrounds and, and everything and be like, oh, shoot, what what happened with this guy and where is this going? You know? So. And it'll be interesting if you could then get some feedback from the community and say, you know, after some people have played those characters and they can tell you what they've actually done with them as well oh, yeah. and where they've advanced them. So yeah, yeah. That, that could, that could even be a whole nother book. <laughs> well, so I don't know if you've actually, have you had an opportunity to look at the Facebook page I've already started for this? I don't believe so. Okay. So I do have a Facebook page already set okay. up for Tome of Heroes and I've already put up the artwork to, I think 20 characters that'll be in the book. Oh, Wow. And um, one of the artists is named J. Travis Smith, and he has a very savage sort of Conan feel to his work. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wants to do a comic with these characters. You know, he is a comic book artist as well. And, oh, that's uh, awesome. Um, I described the characters to him, and he's done such a phenomenal job with the ones that he's um, I commissioned him to do that uh, I'm, we're going to do it. I think we're going to um, do a comic book called uh, Feldspar Adventures. Because my the, my realm is uh, based around this city called Feldspar. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> the um, so Feldspar Adventures will be able to be um, little compartmentalized stories around different characters. So it's not like it's a there might be a long overarching story, but it's going to be like the first four issues are going to be this story about these particular characters. The next four or five might just be a cool story about another group of characters that seem to have a more of an affiliation together. But the first one is going to be called the uh, fall of the forge story arc. And it's going to feature most of the dwarves that I've put in the book. Oh, cool. Yeah. So do you have a, how do I want to ask this question? Do you have a particular type of character you like to create? I mean, you just mentioned dwarves. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you tend to go maybe towards dwarf fighters or, what I mean, do you have a particular, I don't want to say genre of character, but kind of understand yeah. where I'm going with the question? Absolutely. Um, I have a, so I tend to lean towards the roguish characters. Okay. Um, I played every class, every race, but I, <laughs> I, I really like right now in a campaign I'm playing, I, I'm playing one of the characters from that are, that's going to be in the book is a um, rogue arcane trickster. I love arcane tricksters. They're so much fun, and I play them more like a spy or a um, Indiana Jones collector of stuff type okay, thing. That's cool. Not yeah. not not or, or, or architect type. Um, so, 
I don't play them as, you know, the sneaky backstabbers, <laughs> you know, that yeah. want to steal all my party companions <laughs> and treasure and run off. <laughs> <laughs> Although that can be fun sometimes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> sometimes you got to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. But that's one of the things that you'll find in the book in, in Tome of Heroes is there's going to be every sex, every class, every race is pretty much um, in the book because I, nice. I played I, I played female characters. I played, you know, Dragonborn. Ugh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, but I, I played them all and they're, I, I've had fun with every single one of them. And uh, so, but yeah, Arcane Trickster is really my favorite. Cool, cool. <laughs> So you're throwing this up on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. How do you think Kickstarter has kind of helped the the board game hobby as an industry? I mean, because, I mean, in the past couple of years, I mean, Kickstarter has definitely, I think, changed the face for board games for us. I agree. <laughs> so I think Kickstarter as a platform is has been great um, as a marketing tool for a lot of uh publishers and also as a launching pad uh, for people that want to break into the industry. Right. You know, um, some like when you look at like uh, Deepwater Games, mm-hmm. um, a, uh, a relatively new uh, publisher, they, they get the game how to, you know, or welcome to. Yep. And it just explodes. Uh, I remember when we played that at Origins last year, we were like, this is awesome. Yeah, it's a great (laughs) game. And so for a a small uh, starting company in the gaming world, even though like Nolan, uh, who kind of runs that Mm -hmm. uh, company, has been in the industry for a long time as far as like doing artwork for uh, board games and stuff. Yeah. So he knows the industry. It was awesome to see that Kickstarter was a great platform from the kind of launch, even though that wasn't their first one they kicked. That's the one that really you know, solidified them as a player. Yeah. Um, but for like all the bigger companies, Renegade and Simon uh, and all those others that are uh, doing Kickstarters, it's great advertisement and puts eyes on your games that others may not, you know, they, they may not necessarily be gamers, but you know, they're, they're into some stuff and they might be like, Oh, that looks cool. Why is this so hot? Why is this showing? And they've just drawn more people into our, into our culture, which is great. Plus, it helps them because sometimes you don't know how popular a game is going to be. True. <laughs> I mean, because I, I know I've I've interviewed several different publishers, you know, over the years. And it's just like, you know, I remember I've inter- interviewed Stephen Bonacore a couple of times already, mm-hmm. you know. And I was talking to him about, you know, some of the stuff that they've done. Um, and it's just like, you know, how do you even think of how much to do for a print run, you know. And it's like. You know, some of them are like, sometimes it's just a guess. Yeah, I've, I've seen that <laughs> a lot. Uh, you know, is there's actually a really good article out. I can't recall uh, what platform you can find it on, but there's a good article out right now about, um, you know, the publishers, the retailers, and the uh, distributors are literally trying their best yeah. <laughs> to figure out that guess, that <laughs> number, that comfortable zone where you, your print run is going to sustain to where all the consumers that want it in the first print, first run are going to get it and not kill your company because they sink a lot of money into that first run. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a guessing game and I, I, I do not envy them, their task. No, no, not at all. I wish there was a way we could make it easier. 
yes. that's that's definitely not not the decisions I want to sit there and be making. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then but then you get some things on Kickstarters, you know, like some of the bigger ones, like Seventh Continent or mm-hmm. one of the latest ones, you know, the Tainted Grail. Okay. Um, some of those are just you know exploded. Right. It's and, crazy. And you know the the amount of people that are drawn into them are just you know insane. You know, when they start getting up into the millions and millions, you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. Yeah. I Yeah. I, I get so, like, blown away when I see game publishers put a game up and they get $4 million raised yeah. for, for a game. You know, it's just like, whoa. Like, Simon has done that a couple times where they've done a couple million on, a, on mm-hmm. platforms. I think Rising Sun might have yep. hit something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's like, What? <laughs> how do you know the stress of running the kickstarter already is 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 just a heavy burden but then to realize that now i gotta fulfill a two million dollar order yeah yeah <laughs> that's I gotta mean, that's, be woo. yeah that has to be very daunting because it's <laughs> there's there's a lot of people looking at you like that and it's and sometimes you know the gaming community can be very unforgiving Yes, they can. We, um, but we can I think be a very think tough the, community at times. I think <laughs> it is. I, I think you know, so, you know, fans are great, and fans can also be very, very tough. Yes, to deal with, and but that, which is fine because you know everybody's an individual and everything. But the the biggest thing I think that can help mitigate having issues with your fans and the people that have backed any anything is be a good communicator to your backers. Yep. You know, um, give them constant updates, give them teasers and, uh, you know, here's where this is right now, you know, and this is here's some cool art we just got in that's going to be in in the box or some new miniatures have been developed, you know, based on the the, the 3D uh, images that we showed on the Kickstarter. But here's an actual live, you know, first miniature prototype, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, keep them informed, keep them hype about it. And, uh, you know, we also all know that in the gaming industry. You have to be flexible in those deadlines of, of delivery because, you know, when the Chinese New Year hits, yep. the gaming industry stops. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> if, there, if there is a tsunami or some other crazy storm in the Indian Ocean, you're going to have a – your boat's going to be waiting to come yep. over all your stuff. Um, so that's the one thing that I think on the fan side they need to be a little bit more cognizant of. Mm. But – the the people that are the publishers and the and the ones running Kickstarters like that again with good communication it you're going to mitigate any issues with that yep. I think. so I agree with you 100 percent on that one and a lot of the Kickstarters that I've backed you know mm-hmm. as long as people are up front with everything I don't mind when I get a game I have hundreds of games here in my house it's <laughs> you know when I get another one it's like the mailman knows us already now I mean we are on a first name basis with our mailman which nice. we've never done before in all the years we've lived here and it's pretty much all started because he's been delivering so many board games to the house all the time that makes total sense <laughs> you should be like do you play board games would you like to come play some board games <laughs> oh it's crazy so Speaking of Kickstarters, you know, you have yours coming up. Is there any any games you're actually hyped for that are coming up maybe in, maybe this year? Like, Ooh. what is, what's something big maybe that you're looking forward to, to getting your hands on? That's a great question because, you know, um, New York Toy Fair is coming up and a bunch of companies are going to be announcing 
some new new uh, releases this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tend to be like, there's a couple designers I follow, and then there's a couple companies. So I'm always hyped about uh, Andrew Wolf from. Uh, um, he's with Mondo now, um, but he's he was with um, USAopoly, and when he was with the USAopoly, he developed uh, Thanos Rising, mm-hmm. yep. which was my favorite game of 2018. It, it, I just, I just love it. It's, it, I haven't won it very many times cause it's really hard, <laughs> but I love that game and anything Andrew puts his hands to and his mind to, I, I will, I will seek that game out. Um, also, uh, like I said earlier about deep water games, I'm really enjoying the, the products that they're putting out Yeah, and also anything by renegade, mm-hmm. you know, three, all, I would say all three of those are, t- are top for us. We've done. We did a video for Gen Cant because we couldn't go to Gen Con. So we did a video for Gen Cant um, with Thanos Rising. Mm-hmm. Um, we did some deep water stuff as well. Um, we've done several videos for them. And um, yeah, Renegade, um, that was one of the first um, actual Sarah from Renegade I had on my show. She was one of the first or second um, people from the game industry I've actually interviewed. Nice. Sarah's so, amazing. She yes. is one of the best. She's super, super cool. Yeah. So it's always good to see her at some of the different cons and catch up with her and everything. Absolutely. But as far as like actual titles that are coming out uh, this year, um, I'm just excited that, you know, we're going to get more. <laughs> <laughs> and that every, all the all the publishers and developers and designers are just, you know, are doing such a great job of putting out some really fun content. And I'm looking forward to I, 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 this is no lie. This is not like lip service to the, all the vendors that we distribute, but it's, I like seeing games regardless of genre mechanic, because I know it may not be for me. It's going to be for somebody. And that excites me knowing that this game could be someone's first game in our industry, you know, that we could bring them into our industry Mm -hmm. or into our hobby, into our love. (laughs) Yes. Addiction. I I love that about (laughs) every game I get to see and look at. Um, but if a game has miniatures, I'm on board. <laughs> oh, wow. See, and I, I love miniatures. Um, you know, I have a ton of games with miniatures, but I have too many miniatures here in the house that are unpainted. And I'm starting to get to the point to where I almost want to start switching to maybe cardboard standees that are already, you know, colored and everything. It actually sure. looked really cool mm-hmm. as opposed to miniatures. Cause I'm kind of tired of playing with all the gray things on the <laughs> table, but, and I've tried to talk to my wife. My wife's very good with crafts. Mm-hmm. She's very good at artsy stuff. And I've told her, I go, why don't you try to paint? And she goes, you know, my eyes aren't the greatest. Right. She goes, I, I have these glasses. She goes, I don't know if I could see things that small. And I'm like, well, there's magnifying glasses. I've tried to like, try to push her and give her a little hint to start painting some things and she hasn't <laughs> kicked bought on yet so well you know what i would suggest and I, I try to suggest this to a lot of people is if you have a lot of uh, miniatures that are gone unpainted and you look at them you know you, you want to get them painted is if you have a friend circle of gamers that you do stuff with anyways mm-hmm. do a paint party yeah, that's true. I never no, thought about that. Just put all the paints and miniatures in the center of the table. Everybody come around, get, gather around the table, grab what you want, paint what you want, uh, you know, order in whatever and have a good time, you know, because it's a great opportunity to, again, just like chat and connect with your with your friends that game. And it's also cool to see, like, who's what level of talent is within your friend pool, too, in that, you know, if they're really good at painting and they didn't even know it, 
Yay. <laughs> so one of the, I, so sometimes I do have a co-host on my show mm-hmm. and he's recently started painting and he's actually getting pretty good, pretty quick. Nice. Um, we played Lords of Hallis a couple weeks ago and he had the whole thing painted Oof. and I put a picture on our Instagram page and I was just like, it's a game just looks so different when it's painted on the table. Um, especially Lords of Hellas, because it's just yeah. such a huge, huge game yeah. with such a big table presence. <laughs> yeah, I love games that have great table presence. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, you, you have something like that on the table, and, you know, people are walking by, you know, and it just instantly, you know, they, they glance at first, and then they stop, and they whip their neck around and stop, and they're like, what are you guys playing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there aren't, so, sometimes it's kind of cool just to see people actually stop, you know, and be like, hey, what are you guys playing over there? I, yeah, I love when that happens. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's kind of neat because I, I, have you noticed a trend where a lot of like pubs and like uh, pizza places are having like board game nights and stuff like that? Yes. Um, yes. It's really cool when you go to one of those and even though it's a board game night and it's usually like promoted by someone within the uh, the nerd realm, the geek realm that we like to play in, mm-hmm. um, the people that are like the regulars that go to those um, establishments that aren't necessarily gamers, they get really excited. And when they see things that they're like, what is this? What's oh, a board game? Wait, where's Monopoly? Where's, where's, Life? where's Domino's? You know, where, who's playing you? It's like, nobody, <laughs> this, is the, this is the new thing, man. <laughs> There's actually a, um, a small board game cafe that that's opened up um, here in our city that I keep telling my wife we need to go visit. We need we found it on Facebook um, a couple weeks ago. We were like flipping through Facebook and we were like, hey, did you see this? We're like, we're, what is, I think this is a little board game cafe. I'm like, we may need to go down there and check this out. Yes. Because normally we just head down to the friendly local game store because mm-hmm. um, they have a very large area to play in. Um, it's very well lit, uh, very nice area. So nice. Um, it's it's it, that's where we usually go. He has a huge library. You could just walk in grab something off the shelf and just sit down and start playing. That's awesome. I love stores that provide that. I mean, so um, it's, yeah. And do they have like a, a board game night that's, you know, not Magic the Gathering? They have two. Mondays and Thursdays, they have two Perfect. board game nights. And then the, if, you know, if people want to run, you know, like different things, like I down there when I was running, you know, Pathfinder card game, I was doing it every other Sunday. Nice. You know, so there are specialty things, you know, where if people want to come in and do other things at the store, you know, they'll they'll usually let them and stuff like that. So... No, I can dig oh, that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's it's definitely definitely a cool store, and I have not been up there as much as I want to lately because <laughs> work and life has gotten in the way. But it's something I I need to get back into because I'm I'm jonesing. We're not we're not playing enough games around the house, so I need more games in my life. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we need to get everybody on board thinking in our life. <laughs> so. The name of the podcast is what I'm playing now. So, of course, one of the questions that I'm going to do in an interview is, what are you playing now? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so, I am currently playing, so I have a D&D game that I play on uh, Sundays, Sunday evenings. Okay. Um, but uh, the game that I've been going to, or there's two games I kind of go to right now, um, is still Thanos Rising. Um, I just I just really like that game a lot. And then uh, Gizmos. By CMO. Okay. Um, we've been, want, we've been wanting it, to pick up Gizmos. We do, we but, haven't picked that one up yet, but we've watched a couple of videos on it. Yeah, it's a hard game to watch on a video. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of like uh, 
chatter in the game because you're focused on what you're trying to build in your in your engine. Mm-hmm. But what's really cool is because it has such great table presence, people tend to, like you said, when they see it, they're like, ooh, what is this? And it's yeah. like, come join us. <laughs> <laughs> well, like that, that, that's what I use right now to like bring people in at, at different events and be like, play this with us. <laughs> well, Thanos Rising, my wife was always opposed to playing cooperative games. Mm-hmm. I would. I, I have a lot of cooperative games here in the house, you know, and you know, we'll I'll play them with some buddies and stuff. But trying to get her to play them and maybe do a video for them, you know, she was always like, "If I can't win the game, why do I want to play it?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, okay, I cannot argue with that statement," <laughs> you know. That's a very that's a very American competitive <laughs> statement. And oh, she's very competitive. I mean, she she's. She will play the lighter games, mm-hmm. you know, as well as the heavier Euros. Okay. Um, she will go super heavy, and oh. she's pretty good at them, too, because she's beaten a bunch of us down at the game store before. And it's amazed me sometimes where she comes up with this crap. Um, <laughs> but Thanos Rising was one of the first co-op games we actually played and we, when we did the video for it. Mm-hmm. You know, she goes... She goes, maybe I'll try a few more cooperative games. She goes, that actually wasn't that bad. She goes, that was kind of fun. I like that one. And I was like, okay, cool. All we needed to do was get her to play one good one, and we may have opened up her eyes a little bit more to something else. Perfect. <laughs> you know, cooperative games are a lot of fun, but you, every once in a while you get you will get that alpha player or alpha yeah. gamer that will want to control everybody's actions. You know, and I think that's one of the things that will detour a lot of players from that. So if you're one of those alpha gamers that likes to do that, that's listening, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Is there anything else we want to talk about for your upcoming Kickstarter? What else can we say about it? Um, well, uh, like I said, it's going to, it's not just characters. I want, I kind of wanted to push that too. It's so all the characters in the book are, I, I, I think are awesome and they're going to be a lot of fun to share with everybody, but there's also going to be pages of all new magic items that my characters carry that are, are that have never been published before. I like iconic hero characters, so some of them, some people might look at them and go, "Jesus, that guy's OP." But uh, they all have their flaws. They all have that. So there's going to be the characters themselves, new magic items, new spells, new abilities, um, and I'm really excited to share with uh, with everybody an ability. Uh, that I uh, have in, in there that where it's going to bind people to others. And, you know, there, there are player, there are characters in my, in my book that are um, bound to one another. And that's an ability that allows them to do different things. And uh, yeah. And binds people to items and there's different types of bindings. Uh, like um, I'll, I'll give you a hint on one. One's called uh, blood bound heredity. And that one is, the, there's a there's a certain weapon that's this character can wield, and only people of his bloodline can wield this particular weapon. Anybody else that touches it, it basically just kind of like turns into like um, liquid metal and just kind of flows through their hands. They just can't hold it. But when him or anyone in his family holds it, he can use this particular device, and it's it's kind of a cool. I think it's a cool ability, and uh, but he does, it's it's not an OP item. It's just. It's, it's cool. Storylines are really a big thing for me, so it, it leads to the storyline because he's the last like heir to this particular hereditary weapon, and uh, he has no interest in procreating. He's uh, very much just about following the word of his his particular deity. 
too. It sounds it sounds like an item from that you would find in like World of Warcraft or something, like in an MMO. <laughs> yeah, you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the character and the item are actually already um well no they are no they are not they will be up on the uh on the facebook page soon okay so, uh and his name is shandor silverblade he's the last of the silverblades so uh and yes i did create that character back in the 80s based <laughs> off the curse of, or the secret of the silver blades uh TSR RPG video game. <laughs> I SSI. <laughs> oh, those good old gold boxes. So good. I remember them so well. <laughs> Willow Radiance, Curse of the Azure, Bonds, Hills. Oh, geez, yes. All yes. the best. <laughs> so with, I don't know if you ever played this back in the day. Um, the Bard's Tale. Of course. Goddardamarung. So they <laughs> just released a new one. What? The Bard's Tale 4. They had a Kickstarter for it a year or so ago, and it came out. Um, they I actually got it like six months ago or so. Nice. Bard's Tale 4. It's, it actually is um, very difficult. Okay. Um, I've, pl- I've played it for, for a bit. It's, it's, got a, it's very difficult, um, but the graphics are really cool, and it has that old, that old Bard's Tale feel to it from when I used to play it on my Commodore 64 back when I was a kid. Commodore 64. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes, what I we, play them all on too. Yeah, we we come from the same age. <laughs> all right. Well, I think I think we are at the end of the interview because I think we've pretty much covered everything. Anything else you wanna you wanna add? Uh, I just like to say uh, thanks to all your listeners for uh, you know supporting you and uh, listening in and uh, you know if you can stop by the Facebook page uh, Tome of Heroes and uh, let me know what you think of the artwork. And, uh, yeah, have a, you know, play more games. I love that phrase. Play more games. <laughs> what was it? Didn't Will Wheaton used to say that at the end it, of the table? It was. <laughs> he did. He did. And you know what? Probably the best thing he ever said. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Rick. Well, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Um, we will be back with the rest of the episode after this. Hey gamers, this is Joe, and I would just like to thank Rick for spending some time with me the other evening. We were chatting over Skype. Hopefully everybody enjoyed the interview as much as I did conducting that. I thought it was a really great interview, and it was really great talking to him again. Um, as I mentioned, we had met last year at Origins, and I can't wait to see him again this year at Origins, sit down and maybe actually play a game with him this year, which we didn't actually get to do last year due to the schedule that we did with our interviews at Origins last year. But that's still a couple of months off, so everybody knows what to do until then. Hey, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We do have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter and Instagram, at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say on Facebook. Just do a search for what I'm playing now. On Twitch, you can follow us there and subscribe to us there. Twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And YouTube is YouTube.com slash what I'm playing now. But everybody, you know what to go do. Go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Until next week, everybody, you have a great week gaming and we will see you later. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. <laughs>